Welcome to Get Dressed, the podcast. We are two friends who just love talking about all things wardrobe related, and we thought we would open up the conversation for anything and anyone else to join. If you have a burning wardrobe question, don't let it burn a hole in your pocket. Find us at Get Dressed, the podcast on Instagram or email your questions to us at getdressthepodcast at gmail.com. Hello. Hi. <laughs> nice to see you. Do that again. I think <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew you had that um, range. Also, stone. We're, it sounds like we're drunk, but we're stone cold sober. Stone cold sober. Um, hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I haven't seen. I missed seeing your face last weekend. I know. I missed you too. That's why I dressed up. For this uh this episode i know um, thank you for being in your <laughs> sunday best obviously no one can see me but i'm wearing my dressing gown i um i feel like the irony of not getting dressed for a podcast called get dressed is something i've embraced and it is 355 on sunday <laughs> on a sunday <laughs> afternoon but that is the joy of the sunday i one could argue but how are you how's your week been my week has been, my week is good. It's just work ticking along really is quite um, intense at the moment in a good way. We are seeing new collections, which is really exciting. Um, we wow. also threw a poker night in the garden with the allowed amount of people. Nice. Um, Six people. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> exactly. Successfully didn't win any money. So fabulous. Um, did you lose any money in this poker game though? I lost 10 pounds. Oh, that's okay. Sorry about it. I feel like we next we're going to start talking about the board games we're playing. What week lockdown are we in? 16, 15? Oh, I don't know. I, I lost count after three, really. It's all yeah. a blur. The shops, you know, we're about to talk about how the shops are reopening here. What is classed non-essential shops? So it's like the joy of some normal normalcy is coming back. But I definitely think for me how much I spend thinking about getting dressed, that time has been spent on other things. And therefore, how much value I get out of seeing other people get dressed. Well, I don't watch other people get dressed. I watch people dressed. <laughs> Oh, what, God. We're gathering, what we're <laughs> gathering from this is, so I've had some time on my hands, so instead I'm going to just watch people get dressed. Oh, my God. No one send me a niche corner of the internet where that is a thing. I don't want to know about it. What I am saying is I used to get a lot of joy in watching people walk down the road and watching what they're wearing. People watching, and, yeah, of course. Yeah, correct. Not getting dressed watching. Your argument is that you enjoy looking at people other people who are shopping in the shop <laughs> oh my god yeah no, i um i think it's been a nice pause to also rethink my style a little bit which has been lovely mm. and actually being able to have time to sell things that i have been sitting in my closet for years that i just don't wear that aren't my style anymore i um I have obviously not had wardrobes because I've been doing mini renovation. Still hate that term. Not old enough to renovate. Let's just say facelift of my flat. And I finally have wardrobes. And it's funny 
I knew that once I had them, I would find old things that I'd forgotten I'd had and I'd be excited by them. Um, And my rule was going to be if I wasn't excited to see them again, they had to go. And that worked really well in theory, not well in practice. So I still have a lot of stuff that I think I will not wear over the next couple of weeks. And I'm promising myself that I will get back on Depop and sell them. But in in lieu of seeing all my friends, I'm going to hang on to all my clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, should we go to our first caller? Yeah, I think we've talked enough about that. Our first caller is definitely a good Samaritan. So take it away, Sarah. Hey, Ali and Georgina. Uh, I have a question for you both. And it's if you guys are planning to go to the shops now that so many of the high street retailers are reopening. Um, I'm in two minds about it, really, because I live in London. So I would love to know what you guys think. Um, Oh, and I'm 26. Thanks. I obviously the shop has been open for what a week now, 10 days um, at time of recording. It'll be nearly two weeks by the time this you guys hear us talk about this. I haven't been to a shop, to be honest, outside what I have been going to for the last four months. Um, in order for me to get to, you know, the stores I love in the centre of London, I would have to get public transport or walk for an hour and a half. So, um, no, I'm not doing that. But I think I've been thinking about this a lot because obviously I want to go in and I want to support those stores that I absolutely live for and love meandering around. But at the moment, I can do that online. So, you know, what I go for, to stores for is um, not always to purchase. It's, I mean, mainly it's for inspiration, right? Like we were saying, it takes so much inspiration from the people around me. To be honest, the people around me are less and they're two metres apart and wearing a face mask. Um, you know, it's quite confronting really as an experience being in a room with that many people wearing masks. So no, I won't be going back anytime soon. Unfortunately, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I saw a report at Vista Village, which is a outlet outside in, um, in Oxfordshire, I believe that there was huge crowding the minute it reopened, Mm. which is just, I guess, an indicator that people are very keen to get back out there and out and about I guess it's maybe back to the point of what we were saying (laughs) the excitement to go and have somewhere to go yeah but I think for me it's what you're saying as well in the sense of the effort to go at this point maybe is maybe it's a good point of supporting smaller businesses but in which case those would be more boutiques that I'd be more inclined to go to but for a lot of the larger retailers it's available online and it's just less effort I don't or I miss I miss the concept of window shopping and looking for inspiration what we're Mm. discussing the very iconic kind of like breakfast at Tiffany's style where you're like look at the windows and see that but that's I guess more of a cultural experience rather than actually for the goods or the clothing or the product itself yeah, I am in the middle of probably like two and a half months into lockdown. I couldn't sleep one night. So I got up, um, got out of bed at 5 a.m. and got on a Boris bike. Um, Boris bikes are like the free bikes you can ride around London. And I just rode from my house in southwest London right up to Central and went through Sloan Square up Sloan Street into Hyde Park and all around Harrods. And just to see store windows, I just wanted to know they were still there. I just had this 
drive and need to know that it still existed. I just had this panic that what if they went, you know? Yeah, I'm more excited to go to the pub or the... Yeah. Or the... Uh, although you can go to the pub, but it's outside. Yeah. In my show notes that I we write for ourselves here, the first thing I wrote is the only shop I want to go to is a pub. Yeah. <laughs> That was all I wrote as notes to this question. Um, but I mean, but I mean, to go to a museum or something, something yeah. more inspirational. It's a hard balance. It's a hard balance to strike because obviously sometimes you're out on the streets and it's life seems back to normal. So it's hard to kind of balance that between also realizing that the pandemic is still happening. Um, yeah, it's that weird thing where it's like it's almost you've almost got your life back. But not really when you, you know, get given a mask when you enter a store or whatever. Um, For me, it's the like when I used to crave or need like just time for myself, what I would do is go walk around a big department store because I really like the anonymity of having your headphones in and just and just seeing and touching and feeling and um, looking and learning and finding new brands. Um, I used to do that a lot in Selfridges or Liberty and it wouldn't always be to buy something. It was really just, you know, just to see. Um, And you get, it's a similar anonymity you get from your couch when you just have nine tabs open, you know, and you're searching for stuff. But I mean, the missing element there is exercise. So, you know, I'd like to walk around and shop again instead of being like sedentary. Sedentary? Sedentary. 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 No, absolutely. You know what I mean? mean, So many, I think also we saw after being closed, so many huge retailers saw the effects and filed for bankruptcy, including Mm. Neiman Marcus and J. Crew in the States. Um, I think if I was inclined to go to a shop, I'm the same as you. I'm more inclined to go to maybe a department store rather than a brand. I'm just for the variety, more for the variety. And I think department stores came about around the industrial revolution. Obviously before that you would make, would be go to a specific dress shop or you had mm. the seamstress come to you if you were able to afford that service and that luxury. So then when they came about and had believe, I don't call me, I can double check this, but I think one of the first department stores was actually in London. No, I think it was. And it was very much catered to the rising, I think technically you'd call them middle classes who had come into wealth, but, you know, off the industrial revolution, right? And, you know, they were, it was very much an education piece to these people who had not necessarily grown up with money on what was available, what they could buy and the department store served what was in fashion and what was not. So very much they were purveyors of taste in many ways which is incredible to think that, you know, that format still effectively exists. The way the layout of a department store has changed humongously. Obviously now when you first walk in, you get greeted with beauty because that is the money spinner. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the money making floor for most department stores and those um, accessories. And But, um, you know, that's changed with the format as itself, you know, lives on. And how funny that, you know, right now when we have nothing, we still want to go back to that, you know. Yeah. When, when I say nothing, I mean I have Sainsbury's as a store. Um, <laughs> in the middle of the pandemic when we could literally see no one, God, I would have talked, I would, you know, I'd talk to anyone if I saw them. <laughs> there. I had many a chat in Sainsbury's distance. This one we have a anonymous, I'd rather not say, caller. 
Hello Get Dressed Podcast. I am a 28-year-old fan, and my question for you is, um, do you feel like you have changed your shopping habits at all during the pandemic? Are you even buying clothes? Well, I bought an entire kitchen, not because that was like something fun to do because I didn't have I just did it because I didn't have one. <laughs> so I mean, my shopping habits would have changed anyway. But I think like we were kind of saying before, the way I research has definitely changed. If you're buying from, you know, a big commercial brand, I've really started to look at how things look and feel via YouTube videos, which is not something I've done before. You know, needed to buy exercise gear. So I looked up a couple of brands I liked because I have a huge problem with fit. To see the movement. To see the movement. And I wanted to check they weren't see-through. Like they didn't, um, you know, when you put them on or squatted or whatever, they didn't go see-through. And I wanted to see how high-rise they were because I have a really long back. So something that is high-rise is not high-rise on me. So there's like a whole world of YouTubers out there that do that. And they will buy a ton of stuff and try it on. And then I show on. They'll try it on. Yeah. Like, and you have to, you have to be buying quite new world, a whole new world. But I just started looking into it as a way, you know, as a research piece, because if I was was thinking, if I buy something on Amazon, I'll read the reviews. I, and I, I, you know, look at the star rating or whatever, when you're buying something from Lululemon or a bigger brand, you know, you can still search for those reviews. You just have to look in another place. If someone wants to do the legwork, to try on and show you what the product's going to be if you're not able to try it on or test it yourself as you would be able to in a store. The other way, reason I did it was because obviously we talked recently about bras um, and I just completely flabbergasted by how much my body shape has changed. I also have a huge problem buying sports bras because they never are tight enough to get, like actually do what they're supposed to do, which is stop you moving completely. Um, there's like a whole world out there that will help you make that per- like an educated purchase. So you don't have to return something. Um, so obviously peak pandemic the returns were really annoying and hard to do if you didn't have a printer or, you know, sometimes they were hard to drop stuff off, um, to your collection points. So for me, yes, my, I have made a very conscious effort. I'd say over the last couple of years to be, to contemplate where I'm buying things from more anyway, from more of a sustainable point of view. However, obviously um, over the last couple of weeks, my perspective has also, you know, needed to incorporate bigger thinking and think about who is actually, you know, the owner of these brands. um, What are they standing for? um, And really consider, you know, not just sustainability, but also diversity. Absolutely. And companies that are walking the talk, suddenly I think we all have more time on our hands to also investigate and hold the companies accountable now that with Black Lives Matter and so much racism, internal racism has been exposed Mm. to, as you say, see if they are responding to it in a a really um, in an authentic way yeah I think um I work in the beauty industry predominantly <laughs> there's a the diet Prada equivalent in beauty is called Estee Laundry where they really call out brands um and you know hold them accountable to causes and they've, they've done this for a long time just like diet Prada and that has often been about sustainability uh, about treating um employees fair 
mm. um, and checking that their, you know, PR perspective is aligned internally as well. Um, and it has been really interesting watching those two worlds collide just because a brand says something doesn't mean it's true. And digging deeper into that has actually been really scary, especially when you think from it, what, what is legal to say versus what they legally have to do based on those actions is very different, particularly in America and the UK. Yeah, it's it's been interesting. And there was, I was listening to another great podcast, which is um, Conversations Podcast, um, great which you've podcast. talked about before. And they had Maury Fontanez, and she was talking about what I thought was an amazing point, which was that you also don't want to see that the brands are all approaching this exposure of racism in the same way, because you want you want it to be in an authentic way and in a way that makes sense to the brand. Otherwise, it just feels less authentic. And looking at it in a more holistic, all-around way as yeah. opposed to just a blanket statement or donation, I think it should be the actions should be authentic and in line with the brand. Otherwise, you're just all doing the same. And also, it won't last, right? You know, it's if you're not doing something authentic, it will never have yeah. the payoff that something authentic would so yeah and just paying it I think we are all now so much more clued in you know or trying to be a little bit in what's been exposed and we have mm. more time our hands to read articles and engage with the brand so just making sure that I think I'm becoming more conscious of looking at what they're saying but also what they're doing what are their actions yeah. point. so the next question we have is from Anxious for an Answer, Alice. Hi, Alice and Georgina. I'm Alice. I'm 21, almost 22. And I've heard that if you order something online, if you order multiple sizes or multiple items and you decide to return something, it's more cost effective for brands to burn or dispose of the returns rather than repackaging and reselling. Is this true? I'm curious. Let me know. Thanks. I mean... In many instances, it depends what you, it's very, it depends what you're buying, right? No brand is going to openly admit they do something like this. I think what a lot of most brands do is they will sell on your returns. So it depends who it is though. Again, a lot of brands will take them back, repackage them and send them out again. But for more cheaper more discount it's not cost effective for them to take it back the logistics involved are expensive so they will either sell the product on be bought by someone else or it will it will go to waste or be burnt which is obviously horrific but the thing about buying online that i think we all forget is that from a sustainable perspective there are shipping there's a lot of shipping involved and that there's a lot of couriers and logistics so we forget that because it's so seamless to us as an experience, isn't it? Put your address in, find your size, click buy, end of story. It appears to you. What goes on behind the scenes um, is a lot of manpower, really. And of course, that has an environmental impact. And so, but it would be the same if you were in a store, right? Don't buy something you don't need, um, you know, end of story. So whilst not every brand is doing this, um, it is definitely something that unfortunately does happen. I guess the best way is to investigate the brand that you're buying from to make sure that they're, if it's been knowingly exposed to be having those practices. 
that's obviously yeah. not something to go about but then also I personally don't buy two sizes if I yeah. avoid it also I think long and hard about bigger items like and heavier items like shoes or bags um because obviously the weightier it is the more fossil fuels is burning in transit mm-hmm. um in a dream world we would all shop locally and live locally everything you need would be made on your doorstep unfortunately that's not true so everyone needs to make smart decisions and do their research you know similar to the previous question really most companies and brands will publish a sustainability report have a look through it yeah absolutely buy from them so yeah alice apologies but it is true. I mean, it is with everything, right? You know, it's not just the clothes. It's a good reminder that it's not just what you're buying, it's how you're buying it. And as great as online shopping is, the same logic exists whether you're buying something in a store or otherwise. That product had to get there somehow. So, you know, buy wisely and do your homework and buy what you need. If you're fortunate enough to, to have spending power, put your money where your mouth is. This week's isolation station coordination theorization justification, Ali has a little anecdote. Yeah, so um, I did something twice this week that I haven't, I actually have done it once before and it was really annoying, but it was fine because everything was open and I could go into store and sort it out, whatever. But I sent two deliveries to an old address and not even like an old address like I used to live there. Like I sent it to uni. I haven't been at uni for years. Oh, not an old home address. Not an old home address. It's not like I could even call my old landlord. I had to call my uni and say, I'm really sorry, but I accidentally had a package delivered and they were like, well, we're shut. There's no way anything could be delivered. But the courier is saying it was delivered. So now How I'm had- did you do that? So it was saved. I hadn't bought you anything did, okay. from I this the retailer mm-hmm. since I was at uni. So it turns out at uni, I had the same taste in skincare as I do now. And I, yeah, I'm just going to have to, I, I, I just don't know what I'm going to do about that. I just feel so stupid. And then I did it literally the next day, literally the next morning. I um, was doing an order and I, no, I sent it to the office. So my current place of work, which obviously is also closed. Um, but I think the, the moral of the story is we've just been talking about how easy online ordering is. It's not that easy. If more you, clear your old addresses in Google. Yeah. Chrome. Well, I, oh, I don't know. Do you know what was first, so annoying about the first one I did when I sent it to uni? I literally did that last year and it was like a whole thing. And the uni was like, you don't go here anymore. You can't send stuff here. And I had to be like, I know I'm just stupid. Sorry. And I remember I deleted that old address, but I must have two different accounts on my, one on my laptop and one on my phone. And I did the order on my phone. And I remember seeing the uni address and going delete. And I changed the default address, but I bet I didn't change the default address. I just clicked the uni address. So anyway, the moral of the story. (laughs) I've never heard a dress said so much in a sentence. Well, address, get dressed, you know. And clear your old addresses, your saved addresses if you can, in order to avoid this mistake. Well, have a good week, everyone, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. As always, please continue to send your wardrobe questions, queries, and conundrums to us on Instagram. Find our handles in the show notes.
This podcast is edited by our ever-patient extra limb, Will Stewart, and the music is by Hugh O'Brien. Bye-bye now. Bye. <laughs>